1: Hello and welcome to From the Rookery, End, uh, brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, it's a podcast. We come twice a week uh, and talk about life as a Watford fan. And uh, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good at the moment because Watford won 6-0, as you know, of course, on the weekend. And it was 1-0 today away at Preston. And that's that's very special because Watford have not won at Deepdale since 1979. I was two months old. Mike was two years old, Mike?
2: Yeah, two years old.
1: And Jason, were you 15? Take 10 off that please Jace drove the
2: supporters club uh, bus up there (laughs) The mini bus.
1: he wasn't old enough for the big one Um, We we, we did this thing on on Twitter, we asked you to finish a sentence I'll tell you what I noticed, what did you notice about this game?
2: Uh, I'll tell you what I noticed and that's that I do not miss that anxiety not in in the pit of your stomach when Watford are trying to see out a game I have to be honest, I haven't really felt it much this season, I haven't really felt the the jeopardy because I've either felt like we've got plenty of games to remedy it, or I've felt we've been so poor in the game that it, it's difficult to get too het up about it. But tonight felt like a a real important game after the after the big win on on Saturday. That was a statement, but it would only be a, a a proper statement that meant meant something if we followed it up with a with a win. And having got ourselves into a situation where we were ahead, it just felt like it was a a massive pivotal pivotal game. Um, and to hang on, it's just, I was like, oh, this feeling, this sort of that, that anxiety, that knot in your stomach for the last 10, 12, 13 minutes. And, you know, they seem to get closer and closer and closer. And John Marks on the commentary said, oh, Watford, uh, Watford saw it out easily. And I was like, oh, my gosh, did they? I didn't feel like it. But, yeah, it's great to have that feeling back because it means like it—that it, mean, it means, it means something again. And that can uh, that can only mean that Watford are on the right track. Huge, huge win and, and really impressed with the way they saw it out, despite my uh, over-the-top nerve.
1: Yeah, well, like, we're up to third and we're 54 points. And uh, all season, I've had 52 points in my head because Malky Mackay was obsessed with 52 points, wasn't he? Mm. We're safe, lads. We're not going <laughs> down this year. Um, Jason, for you, though, as, as a game, yeah, we, we, talk, we, we, didn't, we didn't talk. Mike talked about it with, uh, with uh, Kelly and, and with, with Adam, who will be joining us in a, in a bit. They spoke talk about Saturday's game. You know, what did you see in terms of a development from, from Saturday? It was still the four-three-three. It was dominant,
3: yeah, I think you're right. It was still a four-three-three. Three. I think there's probably a couple of things I noticed. The first thing was, I thought the, the wide man, wide men up front were probably less wide
4: mm-hmm. than they
3: were on on Saturday. They seemed to play a little bit narrower. Certainly, Kiko was looking to exploit the space down the right hand side that that created. Messina did for a key moments, I think, in the second half, but less so perhaps than uh, than Kiko did throughout um which which i don't mind that's that's quite good just move the preston defense about a bit i'm sure that's a tactic we'll see deployed in future games as well i also thought the central three were perhaps a little bit more structured i don't know hughes obviously was the the um sort of the deeper lying of the three again on saturday they were very fluid and there are a lot of times where i thought hughes would then sort of make forward runs past the other two whereas tonight I thought that happened less so maybe a bit more structured in terms of Hughes sitting a bit more deeper that that didn't mean he was sort of shying away from the attack but always generally always seemed to be behind the other two.
1: The midfield felt very strong to me uh, and that's not what I felt for a while um, mm. but Mike you know Roy Cripps he says, uh, I tell you what I noticed, a full commitment going forward away from home and looking up for it. Amazing. And it was a full commitment until the end. And again, that's what we saw on Saturday. But the, 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 the big feeling was it definitely felt different from a 1-0 away win we've
2: had, well, first half of the season. Uh, a very different feeling. Definitely. I think Watford, you know, Watford's first shot on target was the penalty. So that tells tells its own story, but it doesn't tell the full story. I think, as Jason said, as, as alluded to there, it was a much more threatening, structured, full of ideas sort of Watford that, that took the field. Whilst they didn't create many chances at all, they looked threatening. They asked questions, and that sometimes is enough, especially when you're away from home, and especially when your opposition is always like to avoid t- talking ill of the, the the opposition, but they weren't great, Preston, weren't they? They weren't any great threat themselves, apart from set pieces. That was incredibly frustrating. They seemed to be so good from set pieces, and that's somewhere where we still seem to struggle. But they were happy just to try and sit deep. Um, they were wasting time early, and, and they were very direct in their play, weren't they? Where Watford, it looked like they had so many more strings to their bow, uh, bringing the key players in. And, you know, what we've been asking for all season, get Hughes in the centre there, Get Sar in, and his his sort of performance was interesting. He came in narrower, didn't he, and tried to get Kiko on the overlap. It didn't quite work, but finally we're asking creative questions, and 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 like was Roy said, it was backed up with commitment. You know, Tom Cleverly roaring around the place from minute one to to minute ninety four. Uh, the defence, you know, if they went, they went committed. Uh, they won the balls, and they were they did it without fouling late on, which was important. So it felt like there was a little bit of guile, a little bit of attacking in, intent, a little bit of that fluidity that we've been crying out for. You know, I used that word so often um in the first half of the season when the performances just weren't anything to write home about. That fluidity and dynamism and you're not always gonna be able to swat sides aside. Side, SWAT you're not always gonna be able to swat sides aside side to side, five side <laughs> You know what I mean. And sometimes you're just going to have to dig in and, and they did that tonight. But, you know, the stats won't be as impressive as they were against Bristol City. But the performance as a whole, I thought, it spoke to a more promising future. And I think they will, the front three will have more joy against other teams if we if we play like that. We're now joined by, by Adam Leventhal. Adam, are you in a train
5: station i am in a train station i'm i i left sort of on the b of the bang on the final whistle the train that i was originally going to get has been delayed now so it means that i i may not get home and i might be sleeping in a train station in the midlands somewhere but it doesn't matter we won 1-0 and we won against preston for the first time since 1979, December 1979, so I was one month old the last oh, yeah. time that uh, we, we beat them, so there you go.
1: So you've been, you've been to the press conference, uh, you've heard what the main man has to say. We had one of our, you know, one of these uh, things people noticed in the game. Ben Chapman noticed the fact that it feels like a more tactical performance than any we've had under Cisco so far. Did Did he give that sort of vibe? Did you see that? Is that what he was talking about in the press conference?
5: He spoke well after the game. He felt that there was a lot of things right about the performance. I think from my own perspective, you know, just watching in particular that first half, what was fantastic, and it's what we've been crying out for a lot this season, is that an opposition were actually worried about us rather than us being worried about an opposition. And that says something when we're going away from home. Yes, we've won 6-0 at the weekend and people will be going, hang on a minute, yeah, we need to be a little bit worried about them. But on the whole, it was Preston worried about us. They had obviously the, those good chances in the first half and, and Ched Evans should have put his opportunity away. But on the whole, they controlled the game. And that was just fantastic to see. They just picked up from where they left off against um, Bristol City. Will Hughes was obviously just running things. Tom Cleverley was doing exactly what he was doing against Bristol City. So was Nathaniel Shalabar. And although, you know, that, that there needs to be maybe a little bit more quickness of thought and a few more quick passes in central areas in the attacking third, they're still getting acres of space down both flanks and looked dangerous once again. It was just like, it was almost like muscle memory. They just knew where everyone was going to be. There was moments when, um cleverly just knew that Kiko was going to be outside him on the right hand side, just play the ball into space, and that is a really, really positive thing to see that they 've got this momentum they 've got this belief and they 've got this confidence now which is which is fantastic
2: ad can i can I ask and by the way, shame on you all for not calling it the Preston conference by the way, but then we'll we'll brush past that um I watched the Bristol City goals back and, you know, you have to you have to say a lot of them were down to pretty suicidal Bristol City defending all, all mistakes. And obviously they were they were weakened. How did how did Cisco seem tonight, Adam? Was he did he seem visibly happier with that result than he did with the with the Bristol City one? Because uh, Nate Chalabar was on Hornet Hive afterwards and he made that point. He said that he was ecstatic after this game compared to the Bristol City one because this was a, a very different challenge. How did what did the what did the head how did the head coach feel about it?
5: I think clearly, and this this sort of um, uh, came to light after the game against Bristol City. Obviously, there's there there'd been a bit a bit of turbulence after the game against Coventry, and they had that mm. team meeting, and they all got together. So I think that maybe there might have been a bit of a feeling of from 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 chisco's point of view of right hang on a minute what's what's going on here i mean I'm enjoying this, but okay they've they've started to play and they're they're all sort of tuned in this is this is good, but maybe there was a little bit of confusion or a little bit of detachment. I'm not quite sure, but this evening, yes, it was sort of the the old chisco back and especially towards the end in stoppage time, they were buzzing around like my favorite um huddersfield um technical area that I always mention, but yeah, they were really really um on it they were sort of encouraging and you could see that they were related at the end. And I think that that's a really, a really good thing. And, you know, clearly the, 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 the senior players have got together and said, look, come on, we need to, we need to sort of almost not do this on our own, but we need to take some ownership of this situation and we need to actually go right. If we want to get up, we're the ones that are going to have to play well. So it was nice to see both things sort of come together this evening and, um, there's a lady who walks past me with her little suitcase. Can you hear that lovely audio yeah. there? Yeah, lovely. She's got three points, oh, Sophie, tacked inside, <laughs> tacked inside it. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Fantastic. Just a little bit like being on the archers. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually at home. Yeah, I'm actually at home just doing this by myself. <laughs> just sort of putting a glass in some gravel. Anyway, um, I digress. Um, That's how yes, I celebrate no, every I'm Watford sorry.
2: win. Let's <laughs> all toast. Let's raise a glass of gravel to Cisco Munoz, and his concrete heroes. <laughs> Let's
1: hear what, a little bit what Cisco had to say in the press conference.
4: I think it was a, a good performance for us. We give the very good team spirit. We were very hard. And uh, we play with passion. We have to control the game in more in the first half and the second half also. We lose sometimes the moments, but we watch everyone together. Uh, we work very hard. We play like what our fans won, won't see today. Sure, we have uh, a lot of games. I repeat the same what we say the last game. Now is the moment for enjoy. 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, we need to start prepare for, for the next game. Uh, only I can say today, uh, I'm uh, very happy with the guys because they give uh, the passion, they play with spirit, with determination. This is uh, our club, this is our style, this is our challenge and we need to follow this this away. It seemed as if you were very comfortable, everyone
5: was tuned in to exactly what they needed to do this evening.
4: Yeah, uh, I think that the... the, the the team was uh, in all the situation of the game, I think it was uh, brilliant, you know. In the first half, I think we have more to control the game. We try the reef, we have the collateral, we have shoot outside the penalty area, we have more to control with the ball, the position of the ball, also we have the control with the position of the ball. We change one side to another side with the good velocity with the ball. If you tell me what you need, something more, I say maybe maybe one goal in the first half, you know, maybe after we change more the game. But well, after the second, the second we start, we we can score, and after sometimes is a, something happen, you know. Also, they play against us, and they try to push us, and also they have the the opportunity. I don't know if they shoot or not in the post or not. This is the way. The most important is in another time uh, clean sheet. We continue. We have a good order. We have a good organization organize, organizing in a defense and in attack, and we need to continue work hard. Uh, our way is a. Uh, far we need to continue I think we can get better every day and we need to continue and follow every day the, the hard work
1: Jason Adam mentioned there uh, Chalabar uh, he definitely for me you know we saw him for the first half on Saturday uh, but he really had a great game again we, he's been a bit hit and miss this season what, what, what would you think was the thing that made him a hit today
3: I think he's just got a bit of freedom now um, in playing in a three. And it's probably the same for, for Cleverly as well. Uh, the fact that he can play in a more advanced position, he's he's not playing that protective role. He's not playing that quarterback role either. So he's got this sort of freedom to, to get forward, to play the sort of quick passes where we need them in sort of threatening positions. It, that's been the the problem for him this season is that people have sort of picked out his passing. And I think some of that is because our the cohesion between the team has just not been there. We've been disjointed. And I think one of the key things that we've seen in the 4-3-3 is that there's always options to pass to. There's always a short. There's always someone in space. And that just makes his job a whole lot easier. So I think it's there's going to be a confidence lift of the players playing a way that they clearly like. Um, which will lift him individually, but also the fact that the team are playing better, there's options for him to pass to. It, it just suits him and Tom Cleverly as well, giving him the freedom to sort of buzz around the pitch, um, gives those guys in midfield uh, the freedom to play and express themselves how they want to play.
2: We missed them against QPR, but I thought Kiko and Messina both get forward, don't they? And they look, you know Messina in particular. With no, you know, we know how good Kiko is going forward. But I thought Messina getting forward today, and he looked, you know, determined and skillful in times. It was his lovely little dink into the ball that ultimately unlocked the defence for the for the penalty, wasn't it? Do you think having you know those guys having the confidence of in Alta, in the heart of defence, uh, who has been absolutely brilliant since he came in? Cathcart came in and didn't set a foot uh, wrong today, did he? Giving Trici Kong a rest, one assumes. But having that heart of the defence sorted allows, gives those two guys confidence to get forward. And do you think that has an impact, Jason and Adam, on that midfield and, and particularly Chalabar and allows, frees him up a little bit?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think it ties in with what I said, and as well as as having those two guys or having a rock solid central defensive partnership, as well that sort of that anchor man sitting in front of them, um, in Will Hughes, knowing mm-hmm. you've got that sort of extra extra level of protection there as well, does give the fullbacks a bit more freedom to get forward. I, I think I said earlier, I think Kiko got forward a bit more than Messina did today, but Messina got forward and used the space at key points, so not not too big a, a loss there. Um, and yeah, and like you say that then provides the other guys with another option, and we talked about the guys up front playing a bit narrower again creating that space, and with all that movement that you've got, it moves the other the opposition around a lot more that if you're playing a much more static four four two like we've been in the past, where you've hmm. almost got you're almost saying the wide midfielders and the two strikers right they're doing the attacking the rest of you move up as a unit, but you've got to work as a complete as a as a six almost or as a, a four with the full backs and the two in midfield, without having that sort of freedom to sort of move around the pitch and and sort of play those triangles. It becomes a lot more static. You're defending, you're attacking, whereas now It's almost like everyone's getting involved and we still see from time to time, we still see the centre-backs able to attack the ball and move forward. I know Sierra Alta certainly did it on Saturday where he was able to pick the ball up, bring it out into space. Yes, we were playing a a Bristol City side with absolutely no confidence, but yeah, he still had that option to move forward with the ball because he knew there are other players there that would protect him in that fluid system.
2: Adam, can I ask what it was like in the the ground? Because I... (laughs) We're quite effusive tonight. We're all quite happy We're quite giddy because we've seen another semi-decent performance. I think it's important not to get carried away because whilst it was good, it was better, it was more fluid. What we actually created was limited and I think that's fine. We're away from home. But Preston did put us under a little bit of pressure, didn't they? The Chad Evans, as you mentioned, should have scored. They looked like a threat every time they got the ball into the box, didn't they? If we didn't win that first header, it was bobbling around. And on another day, I think they certainly could have equalised. So I think it's important to see that. How did you feel actually sat in the ground, Ad, about how in control Watford were and how close they are to being, you know, a genuine challenge? I mean, it's only a week since we sat here, really. it's only It was a week on Saturday that we were quoting Don Goodman. We'd just watched the, the Watford-Coventry game and I was re-quoting him saying it's impossible for Watford to go up playing like that and it was right, we can't carry on playing like that. We seem to have turned a corner. It's a very small corner because it's only been a week. But how did it feel out in the ground? Did we feel like a, a better side watching or, or, or are there still signs of, of things that we need to worry about?
5: There's still definitely areas to, to improve upon, but I think, as I mentioned before, they just looked like a confident outfit. They looked like they were a team that had arrived in town. Do you know what I mean? That sort of mm-hmm. they had a bit yeah. of presence about them. They had a bit of swagger about them. Yeah. They had that sort of feeling that they were just popping passes off. They. They just—I don't know—they just had a presence, which I thought mm. was was mm. really, really good to see. There was an edginess to some of the fans, the fans I say, <laughs> the, the sort of the people that were that were watching the game. I mean, there was sort of club staff and things like that. There's this one guy that he was sort of living and breathing the game. I don't know—I wh- don't know what his role was, but you know, he was getting really frustrated because he could see how sort of one-dimensional Piston were. And yeah, you're right. When they were throwing the balls into the box they did look dangerous. And especially towards the end, they threw on a couple of bigger, bigger lads. Um, and we'd obviously taken Shalabar off. I think Dan Gosling did well when he came on again. And he does also, which I think is a, an interesting sort of point, is important to sort of mention in terms of Gosling, that he, you don't lose that physicality when he comes on and replaces um, Shalabar. So it's sort of almost like for like, which I think is, which is good to see. But in general terms, in the ground, it was really odd. Because of course, there was the crowd noise. And it yes. was like quite a... It was that was like, actually in the ground? I thought it was a technical... Oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had... Oh, that must um, be was like, I don't know who was doing it, Jean-Michel Jarre or whatever, but it was like a proper <laughs> sound technician, you know, like sort of raising it up and and all this sort of stuff. And, it, and it Adam, he doesn't such- have
1: your amazing uh, Foley techniques of uh, of uh, gravel. <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, but but it, it was, you know, a proper sort of audio experience. It was, it, it, But it is super weird. But I think that that sort of added a little bit of sort of... I don't know, a bit of va-va-voom to the whole thing. So I, th- I, quite, I quite enjoyed it. I could, I could tell that a lot of people watching on, um, on Hive Live and, and on Sky, I think a lot of people thought, oh, that's just the Sky audio. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, that I think people on Hive Live felt that it, was, it, it sounded a bit weird. Well, it was weird in the ground, but I think that you know, it got everyone sort of the blood pumping a little bit for, for the players. And they just, I don't know, they just seemed together. And that, and that was something that Tom Cleverley had said and, and Nathaniel Shalabar after the, the Bristol City game. You know, there was, there'd been a bit too much sort of backbiting and, and things like that. And mm. there's none of that. Mm. Everyone's sort of rallying around, getting, getting together. And you know what? One thing that really sums up the whole evening, I thought, um, is that I think it was, yeah, it was just towards sort of half time. Ishmael Assar ripped off his gloves. And threw them to the side and I thought the gloves are off we're gonna do it this evening (laughs) they are literally off and you know although it wasn't his most um you know flamboyant display it was didn't sort of live up to to Bristol City he did a lot he did a lot of work he was getting back and you know I think he seems to be sort of enjoying it again and and sort of you know encouraging others and There seems to be that unity. I'm just sort of looking, thinking back when João Pedro and him had a bit of a sort of a, you know, a bit of a ratty sort of argument, and they were getting all antsy with each other. And you see, there's not, there was there was none of that. So, you know, hook or by crook, they've they've started to sort of garner this this unity. And they've got better players playing you know will Hughes having him in the side now it's just brilliant and he loves it he's, you can clearly see that he's really enjoying it and Tom cleverly, to his credit as well, you think about all the little injuries he was picking up here and there and he was never really being able to stay fit for a long period of time you know he's he's played pretty much the whole season hasn't he He's, he's barely had a, a game out I mean he might, he might have had a couple but I can't quite remember he's been playing and he's really really ratting around and leading a press and all that sort of stuff so it's great to see so you know. Uh, all round, a, a good night's work, tough night's work, gritty night's work, a proper battle from Watford, and another, you know, big three points and another clean sheet. You've got to mention Backman's, you know, um, contribution as well. He's, his 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 well, his contribution and his distribution. His distribution at times there was a few there was a few that flung over the head of you know Messina for example and things like that. But he's on it. You know, he's he mm. seems to be he's adding something to the whole equation as well. So you know, credit to them this evening six clean
2: sheets in eight for backman that's
5: quite quite
1: quite incredible michael you are you are northy you did a question to adam there and you snuck in a negative i heard it in there <laughs> you know the, the girl we, we you know, we're amazing we're like over 20 minutes into this podcast we haven't actually mentioned the penalty um and 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 Joe pedro there, there was as you sort of said you know there was a, a, a lacking let's say in the final third which we have said uh, on many 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 occasions this year but it just it felt like you know the balls were going into the box there was more danger if we weren't actually scoring as many goals we scored on saturday there was more danger as watford went went ahead but the, the but the penalty were you how were you feeling about that one because i hate a little that little stutter that some of them they they do
2: in that penalties i wasn't i wasn't confident as he ran up what i really liked about it was that he was calm cool and considered he took his time he sort of went through a obviously went through a bit of a mental checklist he was flattening down the area by the penalty spot. You know, We've seen, um, they were talking afterwards about another not great pitch. I don't know, and you can confirm or deny what the, what the state it of the pitch was It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too It was okay. It A was few obvious. sandy patches, but he, obviously, he was obviously making sure that his where his uh, foot that he was going to plant was, was going to be safe. He waited for all the defenders to stop doing all their, their yip-yapping, wait until, until everything was calm. He waited until he was ready and then he just smashed it into the back of the net. So as far, you know, when they go in, they're great, aren't they, penalties? But he didn't. He hit it so hard, One out of the, the Troy Deeney, um playbook. Um, and you, you know, obviously the first thing that you think of when it was announced by the club that Troy's going to miss uh, a couple of weeks. So, you know, obviously best wishes to, to him and hopefully he recovers soon. And lo and behold, Watford win a penalty without a penalty taker on the pitch. So you do think, oh, crikey, this is, the story's written, isn't it, in the stars that he's going to miss it. But yeah, I thought he was cool, calm, composed. And he's been, you know, he's been nothing... Other than confident throughout this season, João Pedro, you know he looks to. If you, if you imagine him in your mind's eye, you you think he's quite diminutive, quite quite small in stature, sort of quite impish, if you like. But not a, not a bit of it. He is tough, tough, tough. He never takes a step backwards. Um, he's always willing to take the ball on. He's quick. He's quick footed.
1: And he loves a he loves a bit of confrontation. He wants oh, he to does. get at least once a game. He's in someone's face.
2: He does, but but I love that. And he, but he's above all else. He's confident, and you know, you know me. I'm never confident. You know, Watford four 0 up. I'm still thinking, Crikey, this is going to make some sensational headlines when we lose this five four. But he did everything right, didn't he? He deep breath, set himself, smashed it into the back of the net. What a player and another great performance. And his quick feet to to win the penalty. So only right that he took it. The only question I had was it was it going to be Ismail Assar or him? I guess because he won it, he he took it but yeah it was what I loved about the whole thing as well was that we just unlocked it and that's all you need to do in these games get the unlock create one chance score it and and move on so yeah but to answer your question John I was as confident as I think uh, I could ever be about a penalty good stuff Shao
5: this episode is supported by season three of FX's welcome to Wrexham
3: a podcast about life
1: following Watford FC. Mike, Matt Churchill noticed. He said in the, in the pre-match Hive live interview, there was an error in the caption stating that Ken Semmer is a Watford FC winger. It should be. It should have read. An absolute legend. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to interact a little bit, didn't you, with Mr. Ken Semmer this week?
2: Well, second hand, yeah, second hand. So, if you may have noticed, the eagle-eyed of you may have noticed that on Saturday there was a bit of confusion amongst some outlets about the first goal, with some places giving it uh, as a Bristol City own goal when. Pretty clearly it came off uh, off Ken Semmer. So that had given rise to a bit of, uh, well, a bit of confusion in the ranks. And I think there was a bit of ribbing or I can imagine there was a bit of ribbing um, for Ken about that, certainly with Will Hughes being awarded his when it would look like it was going pretty much towards the sensory room instead of into the top left hand corner. So I think there was a bit of um, uh, fun and games going on at, at Watford and knowing my um, situation um, with, the, with Opta, um, the, the club got in touch just to sort of discuss it and to try and find out what happened, and I talked taught, taught, taught them through it and explained the situation. Um, but then they obviously wanted me to help play a little prank on uh, on Mr Semmer by way of, uh, of, of a voicemail. Well, let's hear that in a feature called Watch Out, Mike Is
1: About. Mike is, Mike is, Mike is, Mike Saved
3: message, first saved message received today at 1.15pm.
2: Good afternoon, this is Mark from Sports Data. Uh, just calling with reference to the Watford-Crystal City game that took place at the weekend. Uh, as requested, we have reviewed the footage of that first goal. Um, and having completed that investigation, uh, just only to confirm that we are sticking with the original call, uh, that that is a Bristol City-owned goal. So just to confirm Watford people no. did this weekend, goal number one confirmed as a Bristol City-owned goal. Please don't hesitate to give me a call if you need any more information or clarification. Thank you very much
4: indeed. Cheers for now. It was my goal, no? You tell us. Call yeah, of course it was mine. You didn't see it. Yeah. You have to appeal, yeah? <laughs> no? You're joking, I know yes. you're joking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you get me there, you get me.
1: Mike
0: is. Mike is. Mike
1: is. He, he took it very well. I, I did like that, Mike, because you know you you worry about modern day footballers uh, who are very 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 professional people, but they absolutely got him. And I love it. You can just see that moment where he goes, "You got me." <laughs>
2: yeah. You'd expect, you know, I don't know Ken Semmer, um, but you'd expect nothing less from him. Just seeing his um, just his face break out into that massive smile when he realized um, realized he'd been had. And I did a little tweet apologising. Um, and uh, he tweeted back saying, you got me. And it was just, yeah, really, really nice from a personal sort of point of view. It's just lovely to get those little interactions. And, you know, we've, been, we've interviewed um, lots of Watford players and members of staff through the, through the 10 years that we've been doing from the Rookery End. But it still gives you a little buzz, you know, to know that, you know, just to have that little interaction with a player. So, and, and just great to realise that Ken Semmers is obviously such a, a good bloke as, as we think he is. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And there's just another, I think it just speaks as well of the positivity um, around the place at the moment it can change so quickly in football it's a cliche we we're very quick to sort of talk about the negativity and trying to diffuse it a little bit but whilst also recognizing it was pretty grim well it feels a, a lot a lot better now doesn't it and I think that little clip that the the club put out that prank they played on uh on Ken just shows that we're moving hopefully in the right direction but yeah wonderful stuff yeah absolutely brilliant from Ken I think he will be many
1: Watford fans' sort of player of the season because they just love him and his personality and the and the bubble that he sort of the energy he has. But Mike, you know, but Jason, you know, the classic one here. We've had, I'm I'm just flicking through our social media. Is that Watford podcast, of course, on on Twitter, on Facebook, and, and Instagram. You know, there is just after these last two games, there's a big call. Actually, Jimmy Armchair he noticed that Will Hughes is going to win player of the season. He's getting there, but he's not going to take over from Kiko, is he? Not not oh, quite that's, yet.
3: That's, yeah, that's a big shout because obviously Hughesy missed a big, big chunk of games. So to uh, to nominate someone who's who's only played, uh, I guess, a handful of games compared to the others, that's a that's a big call. But I'm more than happy to see Will continue playing in the same vein <laughs> yeah. um, for the rest of the season and be in with a shout. But yes, he's. I think he'd still have to go some, or Kiko would have to have a bit of a. Dramatic drop uh, in form to not get it in in my eyes. Um, so it's it, it's good to be able to have the um, sort of the difficult choices, isn't yeah, it? Because because yeah. let's be honest, last season <laughs> it had Who had did win been it. Asked to vote, yeah, had we been asked to vote for a player of the season, that would Harry's have been. Hornet. <laughs> difficult for, for all the wrong reasons, whereas now it's difficult for all the right ones.
2: Difficult decision. It, just say for the sake of argument, Will Hughes isn't available. Five minutes is up. Back to a negative. Who who replaces <laughs> Will Hughes in this in this side? If if because you know he has been unlucky with injuries. If something was to flare up, we've been we've been excited and positive tonight. But if we, Will Hughes has been the catalyst, or it's certainly for, for a lot of people, the catalyst for these decent performances. Who replaces him if he's unavailable? It's interesting you say that, Mike, because Paul Smith said the one that he noticed
1: was that Will needs to be on the ball as much as possible. And then Steve Chambers says, he said he noticed is forget Tom Brady, Will Hughes is the best ever quarterback. You, you know, <sighs> this is a lot of pressure on a man, isn't it, Jace?
3: It is. We could see if Daniel Tozier's available because he was a fantastic quarterback, <laughs> wasn't he, um, during that time. Um, for me, I think, I mean, it's early days and we've only seen a sort of half and a quarter i think from dan Gosling. but i'd be i'd be more than happy to see um daniel gosling come in and do that job certainly from the role of protecting the defense i think his timing in the tackle is 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 really good I, and i noticed that on saturday there were i think at least three occasions where he's made a timely challenge either sort of coming coming in from behind where he sort of intercepted or got between man and ball or just just known when to when to attack the player attack the ball and made a yeah. good challenge and and that really impressed me so i'd be happy happy to see him take on that role um i guess if he as another alternative you've got ben wilmot um yeah. Yeah, as an job. option but i think i think for me it would be it would be gosling uh first up
2: yeah he's impressed I thought
3: a quick quick feat
2: as well which I think he might have surprised mm. a few it certainly surprised me great performance on um, on Saturday I thought the second half and yeah again he he almost unlocked the uh, the defense late on again didn't he so yeah well, thank you for that Jason I was just as uh, getting slightly concerned that I hadn't asked a uh, <laughs> pressing question with the slightly negative overtones for for, for too long
0: <laughs> looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with twenty four seven u s based live customer service from discover Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to michelobultra.com/courtside to learn more. A Watford FC podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is from the Rookery
5: End.
1: We're playing again, derby on a Friday night. Um, that one was in what, mid-October. We we said at that point, I think, Mike, that game was going to be the start of the season because it was the, the day that the transfer window closed. But Adam, you know, the, we saw one change today. And I'm not a fan of rotating for a rotating sake. You know, I don't like it when a, a player, you know, it's almost like, oh, well, we need to get the rest in him. I preferred like today where you think, no, let's go and put the best team out there. And maybe sub them a bit earlier for one game than you would another game do you do you get a, a feeling that that's that's the way that Cisco's going to stick with with the team his his
5: best starting eleven i think I'm, I'm on the train now by the way I'm, I'm actually on the train <laughs> um, hello come in I'm at your cup of tea. anyway it was an interesting one tonight because. Everyone would have gone you've got to go again you've got to play the same team, but it was a really sort of bold decision i think to to actually do that because you know there's another game what in in three days yeah, so I think you know to 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 have stuck with that team um you know he made his and he didn 't really tinker with it too much he got his subs on you know. Late on with with Stepa and and Philip Zinkinago, obviously Gosling came on for Shalabar. It's almost as if I wonder if they've had a conversation, almost to you know, like in in the in the olden days when you, you knew that you were going to have a run of games and there might have been a few injuries or whatever. You just sort of go to everyone, look, we're all in this together. Let's just get through these three games and and see if we can build some spirit. I don't, you know, I, I would be very surprised if he made any sort of significant changes against derby in terms of the midfield up front you know in that front three he might then just bring back you know william chuster kong that that might just be the 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 one change that he makes and you know that's that's great to see i mean there has to be a little bit a little bit careful it might have been you know i don't know he's probably caught between a rock and a hard place really because if he if he'd made too many changes, people would have gone. Oh look, you've 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 ruined it. You know we are on a, we were on to a good thing.
2: Also, also, I think you mentioned you mentioned um, you mentioned Tom Cleverley playing a lot of games. It's Maylasara's played virtually every game. So I think in terms of, I know that they, it, it's not just playing every game. It's the fact they're in a in a short space of time, isn't it? But I think confidence still is relatively fragile. I think I don't think we can get too carried away. I think this is this is very much a work in progress, and we haven't left ourselves any any wiggle room. And I think with that in mind, they just need to, to stick with it. And I think I'd like to see the same starting 11 on Friday night. I think the players themselves would like to see the same starting 11 on Friday night. And, and perhaps crucially, I think Derby County would not like to see the same starting 11 on, on Friday night. What I did just want to ask you mentioned Philip Zinkenagel there, Ad? He looked like he struggled a little bit to get up with the pace of the game um, to me. He looked like not great. Obviously, he's talented. Obviously, he's got great feet. Obviously, he's a skillful player. But he was a, a yard off it, wasn't he? And then the, Watford had a breakaway, he had a chance to bury it. At the he could have scored. He didn't know much about it. Bounced off his knee, and the and the Preston player was about to, to was able to clear it. But Watford were away. They had, to, I think it was three on two. Zinchenko through the centre, and all he had to do was play a ball. All he had to do. He had, he had options right or or left. He opted to play it left and underhit it pretty badly, and then let Preston sort of counter attack, or they could have counter attacked was he, a, I'm not going to say he's a concern, but did we see perhaps why he hasn't been pushing so much for a starting place?
5: Maybe. I mean, I think it's always difficult when you come off when you come off the bench um, mm. to make yeah, a, a big definitely. impact when you're sort of trying to contain a match. But you're right, you know, he, he did look a little bit off. It. He gave away a, a silly free kick. He should have just sort of cleared the ball at one point. And afterwards, both Will Hughes and Tom Cleverley sort of came up to him and just basically just went, Just stick it up there, will you? Just stick it up into the other half of the pitch. (laughs) Just don't mess around with it there. Um and yeah, I think, yeah, he he didn't look as sharp as he as he could have done. Thankfully, it wasn't a costly a costly thing. So he can use it as a learning experience rather than taking, you know, a big dent in in terms of his confidence. And that's fine, that's fine. You know, that 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 is showing that, yes, he might not be he might not be um, really, really putting in performances in training to, to uh, displace anyone at the, moment. But at the moment. But if you think about it, he's basically being put in the midfield because he's unlikely to be picked in front of Semmer or Saar in his mm. natural attacking wide mm. position. So he's, he is also getting used to being in a different position himself. So it was interesting seeing it, but I think it was a minor, a minor subplot. And I think overall, these are all sort of, this is all sort of building up his experience, I suppose, in, in a new country. That's
2: it. I'm all out of negatives. got nothing left. Oh, thank goodness for that.
1: Forever? Or just for this podcast?
2: Uh, well, for the next five minutes. Okay. Well, damn. Um, thank you very much for listening to the podcast.
1: We're back, of course, after the game against Derby County uh, on Friday night. Uh, you can, of course, subscribe to The Athletic. If you go to theathletic.com forward slash rookeryend, uh, you get it for a half price at the moment. Um, but you can read all the world-class analysis and coverage uh, that The Athletic put on by subscribing at theathletic.com forward slash rookeryend rookery end. Thank you very much, Mike. Dan, no problem. Well done, Watford. Well done, everybody. Thank you, Jason.
3: Thank you very
5: much.
1: And thank you, Adam.
5: I don't know where I'm sleeping this evening, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> but it's been a good old night. So uh, take it easy. Cheers, gents. Safe journey. All the best. The Athletic.